0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Rule the Roost podcast. Um, Ahead of the uh, season, we are speaking to Chris Waters, who works as a media spokesman for the Crystal Palace Supporters' Trust. and Obviously, we're speaking to him as they are our first game this year. Hello, Chris.
1: Hello, uh, how are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Um, so, I guess if you just wanted to let the, let the people listening know a little bit more about yourself and w- what your affiliation with the club is.
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, I guess I'm officially on the media spokesman for the Crystal Palace Supporters' Trust which has got about 2,000 members, um, I do, and I also write for the Match Day program, um, and I also, I don't know, I just seem to have got I got into the sort of the spoke, unofficial fan spokesman for a lot of things, so I've been on Sky Sports News, uh, BBC, ITV, I've done some stuff for The Guardian, online blogs, Observer, that type of thing really, so so. Uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. I'd say. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I understand. Well, I don't know. I'd say in terms of the media sphere, it seems like a. Bit, you sound like a bit of a master of that. So, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. You know.
1: <laughs> Wait till you read the articles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess first of all, the most pertinent place to to begin would be how how do you think the summer's gone? And well, also welcome back to the Premiership as well. It's yeah, good- it's been a while.
1: It's been a while. I think eight, nine years. I can't even remember. I, so. I sort of blanked the last one out after we went down on the last day. It was a bit cruel, but um, yeah, it's good to be back. And, um, you know, I think it's changed quite a lot. It, you do, yeah, I know you probably, you know, you wouldn't realise as Spurs fans, but the difference in coverage from the Championship to the Premiership is just simply astonishing. You know, I mean, there's just, you get so much more media coverage, lots of people want to talk to you. You know, you see some tickets double. It's like it's like now hard to get tickets for Palace games. never used to be like that. <laughs> and, of course, the stadium, you know, they've had to spend loads of money very quickly on the stadium to get that up to scratch. Um, all sorts of things have been happening. And, you know, I'm not sure if even the stadium will even be quite ready by the time you get there. I mean, there's so much building going on at the moment. It's crazy. Well,
0: are they expanding it or is it just the facilities? Or
1: Yeah, it's more the facilities. So there's a whole load of rules um, for grounds if you're in the Premier League and basically we didn't have any of those. So for instance they've had to build a massive TV gantry for thirty-six cameras. <laughs> they've had to build yeah they've had to build um a whole media centre where you need at least two media rooms to interview opposing managers in. Um what else? They've had to they've replaced all the seating in the main stand. They've had to uh put in cabling apparently apparently as part of the new T V deal Sky want all Premiership grounds. Basically, they want to turn up with their outside broadcasting and basically plug in. So all the wiring is already there, so they don't have to lay it anymore. And it takes them a day. It's already there, and they just plug in on the day. And that costs a million pounds, and the clubs have to put that in. So we put a million pounds worth of cables in uh, for Sky, for instance, and just you know just this type of crazy stuff. Uh, and we've got a new badge, so everything's having to be rebadged. All this stuff, and it's just you know I think it caught them on the hop a bit. Let alone buying players.
0: I was going to say it's, it's good to see that the FA have their priorities in order as well, isn't it? You know, make sure that everything's all right for the for the television, and then uh, yeah. yeah, those new seats, yeah, sort them, <laughs> out,
1: sort them out later. Yeah, but, indeed. But it, you know, it turns out that for some reason, uh, most of our opening games are all on either Sky or BT, I guess, including you know ours, our first game against you in a, in on Sunday.
0: I wonder if the, uh, if Gareth Bale goes, if the cameras won't, uh, won't come down to our game. It's, it's a, it's a distinct possibility, you know. Well, he
1: won't be playing Sunday, will he?
0: Well, I know. His, his injury, but, uh, I've had a whole summer of that. I've, I've come to <laughs> here to escape from that, Chris, anyway. Um, fair enough. <laughs> no, but it is good. I've always had a soft spot for Palace as well because I'm, I'm from the South myself. Right. Um, so it's, it's good to see you back. And I guess from the days of, Chris Armstrong as well, I can remember oh, when we... Chris Armstrong. Yeah, old Armstrong. Those arm. are he, the days. <laughs> he, uh, I think he was England's next big thing, wasn't he? And then another player that Spurs took on and ruined as well, so... <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, A few of those. <laughs> I mean, you, you were saying about your, uh, your, your transfers this summer. Yeah. I mean, who, who is it that you've actually brought in? I mean, who, who should we be looking out for in the, in the first well, game?
1: Well, I mean, we, so... Okay, well, let's go through if I can remember. So, Kevin Phillips, we, um, you know, we managed to capture him for a year. A stalwart, a Premiership stalwart. 40 years old, it gives us all hope. He'll still score goals, I think, though, won't yeah, he? You know? he will, I mean, and uh, I think he'll do well off the bench. Uh, we signed Stephen Dobby. We captured him from Brighton on a. Um, he was on loan for us for about three or four months. He did really well, and we signed him, and he, to be honest, he's been our best player pre season. A sort of goal scoring, attacking midfielder, links up, you know, the play well. Um, we signed Jose Campagna, who was a Spain under-20 captain. That's quite an exciting signing for us. We bought him from, I think it was Seville, for nearly £2 million. Really? Um, but and, and he's, he's Spanish. This, I haven't know. actually seen him play whatsoever.
0: <laughs> he's Spanish, he'll be quality. He'll probably get into the England team, you know. That's
1: <laughs> um, and the big money signing was uh, Dwight Gale, of course, from Peterborough, yeah. who were relegated, but we bought him for club records for us, £3.25 million. Um, he's very, very quick. He's young. He's 22. He's very, very quick. Um, it's A big step up for him for the Premier League. You know, I'm not sure how many goals we can expect him to get, but um, he's another signing. And of course, uh, Mr Chamak over the weekend. We just um, got him from Arsenal, who's surely destined to score against you, I would have thought.
0: Most likely, will not it? You know, you, you can see how how these things play out. If not him, then as you said earlier, Kevin Phillips coming off the bench of a ninety-first minute winner, per, perhaps.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> you know, might probably score and celebrate in front of you. Uh, you'll equalise, and Phillips will score the winner or something in the ninetieth minute, well, unjustly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. You know, you, you you make your own luck, don't you? As uh, as I say, but I mean, do you, do you hold good hope for the, for the season? I mean, do you, do you think Holloway can steady the ship, keep you guys up? Because surely that's, that's got to be your.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, let's be honest, we're aiming for whatever safety is 17th place. You know, we're, the, 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 uh, the four owners of the club have gone on record. They're not going to break the bank. I mean, you look at the type of money Cardiff has spent in particular, it's absolutely staggering. Yeah. Um, we're not going down that road. You know, we are planning, we're not planning to go down. Um, but you know, if we go down, it's not at all a disaster, and we'll come back up with a young, strong team. Um, so you know, we're not going to break the bank. But I do believe I think we'll get a couple more signings. Now you know, Darren Ben is you know still being talked about even now. That'll be you know that'll be that'll be a signing uh, for us. But I really think we also need we need to look at our defence. It's just too slow. Um, we need couple of quality defenders, if we've got any hope, you know, you can score goals at one end, but if you're leaking them at the other, just like Blackburn did, uh, sorry, Blackburn did when they came up last time with Ian Holloway, you know, you're going to go down.
0: Well, it's true, and I think, you know, on, on a lesser scale, not so much of a threat of relegation, but I can tell you as a Spurs fan, you know, being in a premiership, having a, a slow defence or a defence that isn't your, your first choice or up to scratch, mm. it does tell, you know, we we have a wealth of attacking options, but last season, yeah, we had a, a couple of key injuries to two main defenders. We lost Ledley King as well. Mm-hmm. And you could see at times we, we did just ship goals, um, yeah. against certain people. So, you know, as, as much as it's nice to have that, you know, the big star striker brought in, um, it's uh, it's that old Italian bill from the back mentality that sometimes can, uh, can see you can see you go forward quite well. Um, but I mean, do you? I'm quite surprised. I had a secret thought that you might, if you got promoted, get Zahar back for a season on loan. I thought mm-hmm. he might might give that to you, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be the case at all, does it? I think he's
1: no. I mean, he wanted to go. He wanted to go. Oh, in January, you know, and I think we did well to actually get him back. To be honest, um, you know, and he, he, he you Now he is a quality player. I mean, I don't know how much you've seen of him, but. I've seen him since he was, you know, coming up through the academy, and he is a quality player, and he will do well for Manchester United. I mean, I saw some of the community final, whatever it's called, and he played well there. And you know, I think uh, the only has gone on record. You see, it's like it's like I don't know, moving to like, the job of your dreams. You're not going to go back to work for the other people, even if it's you know, you're just going there, you know, for a secondment or whatever. I think he he's done his time with us. He's proved his time. He's done really well. He got us promoted. He delivered what he aimed to do. We got an awful lot of money for him, and we'll get more if he does well at Manchester United. And I think he deserves his opportunity. You know, to 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 cement his place and get a chance at Manchester United. I, you know, I wouldn't want to take him back on loan straight away because you know he, I'm not questioning it. His attitude wouldn't be in question, yeah. but you know, he wants to prove himself at Manchester United. And I think you've got to give him that chance at least till January, and then you know, if it's not working out for him there, he's not getting regular games. Fair enough, but you know, let's be honest. I'd love him back because we are really <laughs> missing that that player that makes that crucial quality difference. I don't think at the moment we've really got that player.
0: I mean, uh, I've heard people talk about Balassi before, and I saw yeah. him a couple of times um, mm. when I watched you in the playoffs and things. Mm-hmm. It seemed as though I believe it was in the Brighton game, um, although Zaha scored the goals. It seemed that Balassi had an equal effect in a different measure when he was brought on um, yeah. he looked like a really exciting player but I've been told by you know, some of my friends at Support Palace that he's not quite up there at, well yeah. obviously not with Zaha but I mean he's still even for your first 11 he's probably not quite up there yet really
1: yeah no I'd agree that's fair comment he had, a, he had an amazing start to the season him and Zaha were just unplayable then he had a bit of a dip Holloway came in and to be frank I mean the talk is he doesn't really fancy Balassi. Um, he take uh he puts him on the bench quite a lot, um yeah, he did set out the bright goals, but he's he's in and out he's in and out i mean he's not super consistent yet, he is an exciting player, he does some like amazing things, but he also does some crazy things like he likes to shoot wildly from thirty forty yards, yeah. and it's not often that they go in um so no he's not the same level as I are, but you never know he might he might step up to the plate this year but uh, we also signed, I forgot, we signed Jerome Thomas from West Brom. He's, like, I think a consistent, you know, premiership winger. Um, but he limped off, he injured against Lazio at the weekend, so I doubt we'll be seeing him. I think they're going to be looking for another, another winger. But, you know, we're not going to go and spend £15 million on a replacement to Zaha, that's for sure.
0: I was gonna say we've got some Welsh bloke that you might be able to take a punt on. It seems everyone else is, so uh, you
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> don't think we'll get him for fifteen.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you never know. You never know. Don't ask, you don't get, Chris, you know. <laughs> um I, one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing in the premiership there is the uh, the Homesdale fanatics. Um oh, yeah. some, something I've watched on with envious eyes for quite some time actually, and I, I know a lot of the uh, a lot of my fellow Spurs fans have as well. Um mm. I mean, do you are you involved with the the homestay? Um, no, well,
1: the talk given. Well, I actually do sit in the section. Sorry, sit. I stand in the section uh, where they are. But no, I'm, I'm far too old for that type of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're you know they're a credit to the club. There, you know, they're well organised. They uh, do these incredible displays, um, of which I believe they'll be doing one against Spurs. And, you know, fans are all more than happy to pay into, you know, they donate money to them. So they um, get all these cracking displays, you know, they bring a lot of noise and color to uh, Palace, you know, and keep singing even, you know, during the dark times when it's like a real struggle. And, um, you know, are they the 12th man? Well, maybe, but I'll tell you what, we'll be needing them a lot this season. And they just help, you know, they really help get the crowd, the rest of the crowd going. And, they're uh, you know, real credit, real credit to the club. And I think the owners have recognized that. Um, you know, and and given them not a lot of leeway, but do you know what I mean? And like, where, you know, that section stands and there's no, you know, there's no heavy-handed stewarding of trying to get people to sit down, etc. So hopefully that can carry on uh, for this season. But yeah, I think, you know, as away fans, I think you'll be in for a treat on Sunday. Um, I believe they're doing a a great display. I don't know what it is. They keep them quite quiet until just before, you know, just before the game. But um, I believe they'll be doing something for the open game of the season.
0: I'll be good. I look forward to that. I mean. Do you, do you know how the seed was planted with this idea? Uh, you know, was, was say, the, the atmosphere lacking or? No,
1: I mean, that block has always been. It's like, it's, um, so if you're looking, I mean, I don't know if you know, but you, uh, the away fans have been moved now. It's the same stand as it used to be in, but they actually moved move the away fans away from the sort of the noisy section of the Homesdale, <laughs> if you like, and now you're at the other end. Um, so you look to your far left, um, you'll see the Homesdale, and they're at the bottom left hand corner um but I, I i don't know what the seed for it was i think it, it sort of developed over a series of years but it used to be a noisy section anyway but it just seemed to get you know it's sort all of snowballed a lot more organized you know like sort of young kids and it just snowballed from there and uh, you know they've got their own like website they've got their own sort of funds i mean they're doing you know see them home and away. they've got you know you can buy scarves t-shirts you know it's all branding it's all it's all very well done I mean,
0: I, I don't know if how aware you were or not, but um, I mean, they have proven to be quite an inspiration for a lot of other supporters groups. Um, I know at Spurs in particular, uh, there's a movement growing now, the 1882 movement, um, right. which has been started by uh, the, the Fighting Cock podcast, a fellow podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially the, the aim behind that has been, I mean, the more, it's funny, the more successful Spurs have actually become in the past few years, mm it's had such a degradation upon the atmosphere inside yeah, of White yeah, Hart yeah. Lane. And yeah. as, as much as I like to you know, think that when the chips are down, we still get behind the team. But there's mm. plenty of games that, you know, I, I, I having watched Spurs all my life, I can remember, you know, the mid-90s when we were happy to finish in the top 10. Um, yeah. And getting to this point now where you have people actually moaning because we're not in the top four or something, it just seems like a real shake-up was needed and this is what I think 1882 have been trying to do but one of the things that they've been finding a lot of trouble with is you know essentially being in a premiership being a club that's in the spotlight there's a lot of attention paid to the fans for the use of the Y word as well um, which is prominently used in a lot of chants so it's always been a rocky road um, really getting the club to embrace the supporters en masse kind of adopting something nice i mean they've let us do this for say like um certain youth games so i know that the the, the under 21s have benefited from this um one particular game in charlton where about 2000 of us just showed up to this random midweek under 21 fixture okay. it was all, yeah it was almost like a flash mob um and yeah. even though you know all these young lads were hitting twitter afterwards like what the hell was that that was amazing you know yeah. um the actual players themselves but I think we've, yeah, it's something we want to see carry on, but it, it it seems to divide the the actual fans at Spurs quite a lot. And I, you know, you you have some people who sit and say, you know, other blocks like, oh, what are that lot all doing? Why are they all singing like that, all showing off, and this and that? I mean, do, does any of that kind of thing happen at Palace? Or no. do you ever get any sort of no. fans? Uh, no,
1: no, not at all.
0: I mean, the way it should day. be. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I think you you raise a lot of good points. I mean, take it. I think. It's the fact that we've been in quite a lot of adversity over the past ten years we've been in administration twice we've all you know always been relegated on the last day out of the championship twice this brings all the fans together so you've got that sort of core backing from the start then you've got i think an old we've got an old school stadium you know it's mm. pretty run down it's pretty grotty they're doing it out quite a lot for this season but I think that's sort of how you know this is it's an old school stadium is it an old school club even maybe yes, and that sort of generates I don't know, that seems to sort of generate a better atmosphere. Um, we haven't had that much success, really, in the grand scheme of things. It probably generates a better atmosphere. I mean, I know what you're talking about. You know, I, I'm married to an Arsenal family with Arsenal season ticket holders, so I've been to the Emirates quite a lot. And, you know, the atmosphere there is um, certainly not great. And I know there's a section there that also have tried, you know, to get it going. But Hasn't really worked, and you hear people moaning about not finishing—I don't know—third in their case, or winning anything in their case <laughs> in recent years. Um, but no, there isn't. No, there's no antip- antip- antipathy to them whatsoever. In fact, I think everyone's backing them. It, you know, but there is. There is. You know, the police do unfortunately pay added attention to them, and then will probably try and blame them for incidents that may or may not occur. And also, I, I suspect that there will be. Additional attention, um, you know, this season because it's a much obviously we're now in a much higher profile situation. But in terms of you know, I'm you know, it's great to hear that they're inspiring other other uh, clubs fans to take it up. But you know, starting from nothing uh, in the Premiership, it's probably a long struggle, and you know, you're going to be up against quite a lot of suspicious people, whether they're in the club or other fans who like, oh, you know, they're trying to. Run things for us, etc., etc. So you know, just got to keep at it.
0: I think so, yeah. And I think you uh you raise a good point there in in the respect of it it is it's more suspicion than anything else. It's because at first, you know, the moniker for it was the Tottenham ultras, and that caused I think a lot of Mm. undue kind of attention. I think people thought, oh, what's this? Is it hooligan element? Is it Mm -hmm. this? Is it that? And you know, it was maybe ill-advised to use the name ultras, but I mean, because I believe it used to be called the Homestale ultras as well, though, didn't it? And I, I don't know, was that a name change due to the negative connotations at all? Or? Uh,
1: not. Yeah, I think they call themselves uh, the ultras. You see stickers and that, but I don't think I don't think they've purposely changed the name or anything like that to do with you know any pressure or anything like that. I can't. No, they certainly wouldn't have done that
0: okay well that's, that's an interesting term, and they've got a good dialogue with the club though at least so that's yeah,
1: that's right, yeah, yeah, they get on very well with the owners, you know they can contact um there's four owners and they, there's one in particular who sort of deals with sort of fan issues, so I think there's a sort of open channel between them as to you know what they want to do and what permissions they need and any issues etc um so yeah that's that's all very positive actually that'd be cool
0: um so I mean what would you say? Being a Palace fan, what's what's mm. what's the atmosphere like? I mean, is there any anything in particular that we should look out for when the Spurs fans are in the in the ground? Any you
1: know No, not particularly. I just think it'll be I think it'll be a cracking atmosphere. Look, we've waited we were relegated in what, two thousand and five, you know? Uh, we've been through an administration, we've survived on the last day of the season with a draw at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, you know, we've been knocked out of a playoff semi-finals twice, um, gone through, you know, but, and this playoff fi- you know, final, we beat our massive rivals over two legs by winning at their place, Brighton. I'm talking about, of course. You know, uh, we were the first ever team to win at the Amex Stadium as well, which they can never erase from their history. <laughs> uh, both games, which I was fortunate enough to be at, uh, the Manchester United Carling Cup game, the one where we reached semi final, where Darren Ambrose smashed it in from 35 yards. You know, it, it just it'll be look. You're you're not going to get Premiership facilities. um... You know, it's it's not, there's no full sandwich brigade there, really. <laughs> it's it's old school. It's going to be a bit grotty in the away end. But it's going to be a cracking atmosphere. And I, think, and I think, you know, I think that's great for the Premiership. You know, it's a bit of an old school ground. It hasn't been sanitized by being rebuilt or anything like that. You know, it's old stands. It's, you know, it's not going to be, you know, it'd be decent football bias, but it's not going to be amazing. But it's going to be, you know, 26,000 people who are just going to be well, 20,000 of which will be um, going man for Palace. And yeah. you know, I, I hesitate to bring it up, but I suspect you'll ask me later. But we've got a pretty decent record against you. You do. Uh, and, we, and we do enjoy playing you. So um, that'll just add to it, I think.
0: I think so. I, I, you know, I, I, I agree with what you're saying in your respect of like an old school stadium and so on and so forth. It'll be good. I mean, I know away trips to places like Craven Cottage are always yeah. much yep. anticipated by yep. everyone because it's... It, it, you know, it's it's it, there's a different vibe there, and I think yeah. at and the I moment say, it, like that I left hardly any now. Oh, exactly. I mean, I think we're uh, White Hart Lane. It's halfway there. I mean, we're not ultra modern. I don't think. You know, it's still yeah. it's still oh, got I a love certain chance. I love to, uh,
1: White Hart Lane. I have to say.
0: and there's a, a vast array of chicken shops as well as everyone likes to to point They're out on your way to it. Oh dear, yeah certainly is. And that doesn't look like it's going to change even if we do get this big new stadium, which yeah, yeah. we probably won't fill up anyway. But anyway, <laughs> that's a different... Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you, do you have any particular memories about games
1: against Spurs? Or, yeah any, yeah, any games that stick out? I mean, let's, you know, let's... I mean, a lot of Palace fans do remember the last Premiership season. We played. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... I remember we played, we played you at Spurs first, didn't we? It was around Christmas. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was 1 0 then. It was an AJ, AJ equaliser, I think. And, uh, and then we beat you 3 0. Absolutely oh, smashed play. us. And, yes. and, um, and it was a bit of a battering, I think you recall. I mean, when you see Michaeli Leggettwood score a volley, <laughs> you know you're going to win the game, quite I think, frankly. I think it <laughs> was
0: Rootledge absolutely tore us to shreds that day as well. Did he? Well, that's probably why you then bored him. Yeah, well, it m- <laughs> could have been um and he's got he's he's doing all right for himself nowadays yeah. as well
1: i mean i don 't know if you want to talk about you know, players that you 've taken from us and ruined but uh <laughs> yeah you know, he, he he yeah he was one of them, but it's a shame yeah but i'm I'm delighted that you know he because he was he should have done really well for you. he was a great talent but i i don't know I, I, you'd be able to tell me more, but it never really worked for him at you, but at swansea he seems to he suddenly seemed to have found a bit of a renaissance hasn't he and I think he he gets, you know, he's getting regular football. It's, it's great to see him doing well, actually, because he left Palace on sort of shaky terms. Um, but when he threw his, sort of, he took his shirt off and threw it to the floor in front of the fans, which is never a good career move. No, never, uh, never. Uh, you're uh,
0: never going to endear yourself to the faithful. Not,
1: uh, you know, eight years later, and hopefully, hopefully, he'll uh, get a better reception. But um,
0: I wouldn't bank on it, Chris. He's no, gonna, he's going to
1: get to fuck when he goes back. <laughs> But so the, uh, well, the other one, who I wrote about actually for the program today, so you'll see it on Sunday. You know, John Bostock was a very sore. You know, that was a very bitter transfer for us. Mm. For a whole, you know, a whole host of reasons. I mean, I saw him. I could say I saw him play when he was fifteen in the first team at a first team uh, friendly. I know it's it against Dartford, It's opening their new stadium. He was. It was him and Victor Moses actually, and you could just tell that they were class above. And he made his debut. Months later, under Neil Warnock, he was 15. He's thinking, you know, and he held his own, he did all right. And then that season, to yeah, to walk out on us to go to to Spurs, where he never played a league game for you, did he? Not one, no, no, three UEFA Cup appearances and one FA Cup appearance, and that was it. That's his career gone, and now he's been, you know. He's out in Antwerp, I believe. Exactly, with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. It's Jimmy Floyd, that's right. He couldn't even get a place in the MLS. So they just released <laughs> him from the MLS. They didn't even want him there. It's such a shame. Well, he's still only 21. It's incredible. You know, I'll
0: I, I tell you what, I'll, I'll go back to... Because there's a lot I actually want to say about Bostock, to be All honest right, with you. Yeah, but sure. going back to Rootledge, just to just to yeah. answer kind of what happened there. I mean, yeah. he was... He played a lot for Spurs. Um, and it just so happened that, you know... he did really well for us he but he ended up getting injured and thus it gave the young emerging talent Aaron Lennon his his first run in the team um and I don't know if you remember when Lennon first came onto the scene everyone was like wow who's this I mean obviously I think his kind of potential although he's still a you know he's still a very good player I think what people were kind of hoping he was going to be maybe he hasn't fully realized but definitely when he was 18-19 and first came into with a team he was absolutely astounding I mean people hadn't seen pace like that in a player for quite some time especially not an English player Um, and just his kind of trickery on the wing and everything it it made it very hard for Rootledge to really get back into the team because it was a case of well really hasn't done anything wrong he just got a really bad injury but now this kid's come in and is doing incredibly well and I think we tried to shoehorn him in places here and there but it was just kind of the beginning of the end when he knew he wasn't that first choice anymore um sure, sure. He, he slowly went but yeah there was no no bad feeling there or anything and it, it, i always remember him being a you know a, a decent player for us and one that mm. could have probably done a lot more but you know these things happen and Lennon came on and i guess the rest is history but i mean with regard to bostock now it's it's something that we've spoken about a lot as Spursans. I mean, um a good friend of mine actually he he focuses his entire kind of uh supporter ship, I guess if that's even a word, um, on the youth team. Um he, he writes a pretty successful blog about it. Um and I mean I've spoken to him about Bostock at length before and it it, it seems as though overwhelmingly the impression that we get is that he just suffered from a very bad attitude. Mm, yeah, uh, i heard
1: that, yeah.
0: Whether or not it was a case that, you know, we gave him too much money, there was too much spotlight on him from too young of an age. I mean, the first kind of stories we would hear coming out, um, I can't remember if it was on the loan to Huddersfield, maybe, I think, um, when there was this, again, It's it's a lot of it's tittle-tattle, none of it's um, confirmed, but there was a lot of talk that he would say, turning up to work in whatever sort of flash car he had. Um, so much so that the manager had to actually say, to, yeah, I think he was turning up in, you know, someone was saying in some kind of Porsche or something, mm. and the manager was saying to him um, at the time, you know, come and you know, a, a lot of lads here can't really afford that and they're more established in the team than you. So can you maybe just think about addressing, you know, if you want to settle in here and really kind of, you know, get on with everyone, maybe just amping it down a bit. And then the next day coming in in some other kind of sports car that he owned or something with the whole kind of, oh, well, you said I couldn't drive the Porsche anymore, but here's my, you know, whatever, Maserati. Maserati. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Um, And there was just, there were small kind of tidbits like that that would come through. I mean, I would Mm. say firsthand I've seen in like a reserve fixture when I've been, um, it was the kind of thing where you'd see a kind of wild ball get played across the field. And you'd see him look up, control it perfectly, release the ball, um, Yeah, put a brilliant through ball through. And you think, this lad has got so much talent. But then, just walk around the pitch, head down, mm. not running. So much so that the you know, Tim Sherwood, who was the, the, the manager um, of the reserves at the time, standing up, kind of shouting, John, come on, son, come on, just show, you know, show us a bit, come on, come on. Like, really imploring him to just come on, you know, kick on and do something, but whatever it was, I don't know if he'd fallen out with people behind the scenes or, as people say, it was generally a money thing. It it seems a real shame that a lad that had as much, because, I mean, I think it was even, wasn't it, Barcelona were courting him for a while,
1: weren't they? They were, they were. were. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, he was... You know he was a self confessed palace fan he'd been out with us since he was nine, you know, and we'd like we we hold great store by our academy and we're very loyal to our academy players and we have got a great record of producing talent and he was going to be the next one, and he would be you know he would get the game time, and then you know he' sell him two or three years, that's fine, but he could get the game time and um it, and he's just totally out of the blue. he just said no, and he got i think it's his stepfather became his agent or his advisor and you know Clash with Simon Jordan and Neil Warnock are two people you don't really want to cross. I was going to say, uh, though,
0: quite, quite easy to clash with those two. That yeah, easy right. to clash.
1: But, to be, I mean, this is what Simon Jordan fell out of yeah, love yeah. with football after this. Because, you know, it went to a tribunal. It was the next big thing. I mean, to be fair, you know, we got a great deal out of the tribunal looking back. But at the time, we felt absolutely robbed and cheated and, you know, and betrayed at a personal level that this kid who professed his love for Palace, etc. had literally just walked out. On us for um, a great deal more money, uh, where he could have built his career with us. And in a way, it probably did us a favour because I think that our sort of head of the academy and managers have just held him up. You just put a poster of John Bostock up in the academy room and you go, right, well, you know, you want to leave, look what happened to him. You know, where's Zaha? Zaha's played 130, 40 games for us. Where does he go? Manchester United for 15 million to earn 30 grand a week. You know, it can be done if you stick around. Victor Moses, where's he now? Via Wigan, went to Ch- is now Chelsea. You know, it can work, but you've got to do your time in the lower leagues. You've got to get games. Without games, you will never progress. And so maybe he thought he made it at Spurs. And you know, I heard, because he went on loan to this, like Brentford, wasn't it, Hull, Sheffield Wednesday, Swindon, yeah, and it never worked out for him any of those clubs. Even, as you
0: said, even in the MLS. You know. even,
1: and then when you're turned down by the MLS...
0: That's depressing. I mean, <laughs> you no know,
1: disrespect to any American listeners. No, of course, know. no. <laughs> any American listening, it's a great league. Um, but, um, yeah, so I just, you know, I hope, that, you know, bygones be bygones. It's six, seven years ago now. I just hope he rebuilds his career at Royal Antwerp. I <laughs> mean, you know, I was sad enough to look at their results. He's played the first two games there, started both, and they've won 2 0 and 7 2 in the top of the Belgian second division. So hopefully that'll work out for him there.
0: And I think they're, they're also uh, linked with Man United as well, they aren't are they, Antwerp? So, you know, you never know. Yeah. He might, might take a long way to get to United, but he could still
1: get there. He's still young, though. That's the thing. Well, I couldn't believe it when I looked him up and he was 21. Yeah. Unbelievable. Insane. He's got his whole career in front of him. But Such uh, a shame. Such a shame.
0: I think as well, this is a good juncture as well for Spurs fans that are listening. You. It's, it's a double-edged sword, this. I mean, for any Spurs fans that think, you know, we're a bit hard done by the way, this whole Gareth Bale deal is being protracted and with real madrid courting us we do do it to other teams as this uh, <laughs> as this is a prime example of so you know do we, do well we can... you bring
1: that up i mean and then you've got the <laughs> whole subject of the eppp you know the elite player performance something or other i can't quite remember what it is where they're setting up the academies and then the big issue for us is you know we we have a great academy and no one wants to really leave because they know they'll get the chance to play for us so i mean against lazio we had six academy players playing in the second half and doing well but the issue is is the set compensation so you can buy a 15 year old spurs can buy a 15 year old from us if he agrees for say a hundred thousand not a million it's not negotiated it's a hundred thousand pounds and that's it so effectively it gives the top clubs the the well not the right but effectively they can do it they can just go and cherry pick around the academies around the country and just hoard these players is this but something new? See, I hadn't even heard at least of this in the past year. there's ma- massive protests about it, and we we were, and the, you know this is the thing you know where fans and the home fanatics really got behind the protest against it. It's an it's an absolute disgrace. I mean, some of it's a great idea. You know, having more contact times with academy players is a great idea, but to have this fixed compensation where you can you can go to Watford or I don't know Forest or Palace and say oh, I want that ten year old. I only have to pay thirty grand for him if he agrees. Yeah. You can literally, you can take him from out of our academy and there's nothing we can do about it. So, you know, that's caused a great deal of anger because especially teams like, you know, I'm not suggesting, well, you know, you you probably will try and do it, but it's such a shame because, and they think that this will benefit England, let's say England, but it won't because all you do is the big clubs will try and hoard the best talent they can. And then it doesn't matter if one out of 30 of them come through, the rest will be discarded. They will never play first team football they will they will never develop and then we'll have an even smaller pool of mature players, if you like, to um, choose from. So that's a massive issue and um, one that we as a club in particular have got a big problem with because we rely, you know, we rely to a great extent on our academy and producing these players like Bostock, Routledge, uh, you know, Clinton Morrison, very early example, mm. um, and Victor Moses. Um, and then we've got, you know, another couple coming through. Who might come through this year? You know, that's a really big threat, and it's a big threat to the game. It's not, you know, it's just it's not right that this should uh, be happening. But anyway, that's a discussion for another time.
0: Well, no, but what you've got to hope, though, and I mean, it might sound pretty naive to to hope this, but I think now people will hopefully be wising up to. So, I mean, the people around these young players, people who advise them, will probably be able to start saying to them now, look, you know, for the past. 10-15 years there's been a whole generation of young players who have probably moved at the wrong time and hence why the national team is in such dire straits because there's been this literally since the big money has come in to the very top levels of the game there has been this as you say this kind of just farming of young talent but then not using it properly Um, and you would like to think that well, you'd like to, is, I mean, is this an FA? If the, if the FA introduced this, I'm assuming? No, beep, well, beep, it's, beep. Uh, it's, I, think, uh,
1: I think it's an FA, but, it's you know, let's be honest, being driven by the Premier League. Uh, basically, the Premier League put a, um, a gun to the Football League's head and said, um, you'll only get these uh, continued sort of funding and better funding if you agree to these rules. So, you know, and quite a lot of clubs actually voted against it, including ourselves. But you know, without that money, uh, smaller clubs' academies were closed. So you know, they vote for it. You know, it's like voting, Turkey's voting for Christmas. In effect, you know, without it, we haven't got an academy, but we get the money. But then we've got to agree to this EPPP. So it's, um, oh, it's yeah, it's a sad, it's a sad indictment on modern football, I'm afraid.
0: Well, as as they say on Twitter, hashtag AMF. I think that's well, yeah, the, yeah. the term. But it's it, indeed.
1: I don't know. It's just it's.
0: I didn't even know about that and it's, it's, Whoa, it's rotten, it's amazing. pretty rancid. I mean, I was reading, um, uh, to digress slightly, but these issues that keep cropping up, things like uh, the Doncaster Bells, one of the oldest mm. professional women's football teams, being kicked out of the Premier yeah. League because the Manchester City ladies, who have only just been founded, want the place in the league.
1: Yeah, that's just wrong it's like, on every level, it's wrong.
0: You just can't begin to understand how a decision like that can be made and be considered fair on any level whatsoever. Yeah. But, indeed. you know, this is, uh, the only hope is that it's all going to implode one day and then we can, uh, uh go back to yeah. playing football.
1: <laughs> Jump us to goalposts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Rob manager. Um, well, I, I would just ask you, I guess, how, how do you, how do you see this game playing out? The, the one against Spurs. The first game of the season. Yeah. The epic battle as Sky would paint it to yeah. be.
1: Yeah, you know, well, I'm I'm slightly fearful. I'm less fearful than I was because Bale has, isn't playing. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard you haven't been setting the world on fire pre-season. Uh, but let's be honest, nor have we um, <laughs> too much. I, I, you know... I'm not it's not our cup final, it's not a cup final, but it's you know it's gonna be a big day, big day for us, it'd be really interesting to see. I think both teams will score, but it's whether it's whether, you know, we can stop you scoring more than once. Uh, I think. So it'll either be a score draw or I'll think you'll win two or three one. Um I was looking at the odds. I mean you know, we're seven to two to win at home, which I think is slightly harsh.
0: Um I would say so yeah, too, to be honest. Yeah,
1: you know, but and we do have a great record against you, uh, so you you never you never know. But we've got a tough start. Start. I mean, we've got Stoke away after you, then um, Sunderland at home, which would be away. a potential relegation clash. Then Man United away, which is a hiding. It's nothing really. So it'd be nice to get. It'd be nice to start off with a point or three on the board. But yeah, I'm not, I'm, look, I'm not holding out. I'm not kidding myself. I'm not holding out massive hope. But I just hope it'll be slightly harder than you think it'll be.
0: I think. I mean, we're always wary of Spurs fans. I mean, as much as we do get these delusions of grandeur um, mm. every now and again, mm. I think a lot of us that have been watching us for quite some time, we, we know that we're we're walking that tightrope all the time. I think, it, the, I'll be honest with you, the past, I'd probably say five, six years, it's all been a bit surreal being a Spurs fan, seeing us kind of go from that beleaguered, you know, end mm. of season is Christmas time type club. where
1: Might win an FA Cup.
0: Yeah, exactly. Where we actually seem to be putting up a genuine fight without having to go about it the Man City-Chelsea way. I mean, it's Which kind is of, to be
1: commended, you know. Yeah. I've, I think I've got a lot of time for your chairman because you do seem to run the club in a sensible financial manner, unlike many others.
0: Although, it, I mean... We have spent a hell of a lot of money this summer. Um, right. Which so you're going to get is, hell of a lot of money back. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope not, but hope so <laughs> at the same time. I don't know. I don't really know where I stand on that one, well, actually. It's quite hard to call. But uh, mm. I think in terms of our pre-season, we haven't... You know, The game against Espanyol, which was our first pre-season game at White Hart Lane and only pre-season game at White Hart Lane, which is a bit bizarre... Um, that was the first time where we saw a lot of our new signings. Mm. Um, so there is always the concern that we haven't really been given enough time to gel and for everyone to actually play together, yes. um, especially considering that a lot of them have uh, were signed quite some time ago. Um, we've also got Sandro and Yunus Kabul, who are two of our big, big players who were missing pretty much the majority of last season coming back into the fold as well. Um, so the lineup, there's I would say, you know, it's it's massively lacking match fitness. There may even be the chance that we we actually won't see one of the new signings that, you know, someone like Polinio maybe won't be played from the off. Actually probably Polinio will be, but I think maybe Sandro might be kept aside and we'll probably stick with someone like Scott Parker. Um, mm. Just because he is a bit more tested. But You've, I've still always got my concerns as a Spurs fan, as uh, um, of us underestimating opponents. Sometimes um, I think you know we, we've shown that against kind of Sunderland a few years back. I don't know if you remember Michael Chopra coming on and uh, scoring a last-minute winner, much in a similar. Yeah, it was a newly promoted Sunderland, um, mm. a newly promoted Sunderland that everyone thought was going to get really struggling in the league, and I guess they ended up doing so. But they still managed to put us to bed after there was a lot written about us and a lot, I think it was a season where we just missed out on fourth place due to the lasagna. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everyone would say, what are Spurs going to do this year? Oh, they've lost to Sunderland first game of the season. Same old Spurs type thing. So I think there is that. But then at the same time, I do think that with andre Villas-Boas, we do seem to have developed a bit more of a backbone, um, and I, I think he is instilling this mentality into us that we maybe didn't have so much under Redknapp. Um, and I'm I'm not one to really overly lay into Redknapp as a manager, um, as a person. I find him pretty abhorrent, but um, <laughs> as a manager, I think you know he took a lot of stick really when yeah you know, he he did a, an admirable enough job for us. But I think with Avb, with his really technical approach, mm. there's not. A lot of room for us to underestimate people. I don't know if you've heard the stories about how he will thoroughly scout the opposition, and because that's the, that's where he made his name. That's how he got into the game as an opposition scout. Um, and so there's these tales of him compiling like huge dossiers and presentations of the opposition. So you know he'll he'll, he'll know what to expect from me, I think. In in places, mm. not know yeah. what to expect in a kind of oh we're gonna smash you. I just mean in a way that like you know he's not going to turn up there. Thinking, oh, are we who are these lot? We're gonna we're gonna smash them. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a very good game. Um, well, actually, it probably won't be a very good game. I think it'll be a frustrating game for all. But I can see it being full of drama. Personally, mm. um, let's hope so. I hate to say it, but I do think he'll win though. Really, I do. Well, I'll take it. Yeah, I do. I I I, I say two one. As we were talking about earlier on in the game, I can see it. You know, maybe you going one up, us coming one all you're getting a winner in the last few moments. Shanak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please no. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what would you say score? If you had to say, if you had to say. Oh, let's go for one-one. One-one. okay. Okay. Well, um, I would say thank you very much for joining us today, Chris. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you and it's, it's very interesting to hear the you yeah, the perspective of another fan and a, and a new fan coming up into the uh, Premier League again. Please take that in the least patronising way possible. I, I, I realise how bad that plucky actually palace. sounds. Yeah, I know. Plucky Palace. the the, away the lads, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, no, I, I really do wish you well for, for the season. As I say, I always had a soft spot for you. So mm-hmm. uh be, be be good to have the Holmesdale, especially um, in the Premier League, and shake yeah. up the, the prawn sandwich brigade a bit.
1: Indeed. And uh, hopefully, I'll be able to speak to you for the return game. Yeah.
0: Well, no, very much so. Be, be very good to, and I can lament our our crushing defeat on the first game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then, Chris. Well, you you uh you enjoy yourself, and good luck for the season. And
1: you. Cheers. Thank
0: you very much. Bye bye. Be sure to subscribe to Rule the Roost on iTunes. You can also catch everything that we're doing on Twitter at RTRSsM. Also, come to www.spursstatman.com for any Royal the Roost news and also for lots of original Spurs content, articles and other interesting stuff. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, tune in to us next week. Thanks so much for listening. Come on, you Spurs.